ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Welcome back to another episode of Claws to the Wall. I am your host, Isaiah Garner. I am joined by Kobe Jackson, Justin Brown, and we have a new guest today. We are welcoming Francesca Jennings to the podcast. So we are going to get started today with Texas State men's basketball. Congratulations to them. They are officially back-to-back Sun Belt regular season champions. They ended their season on a nine-game winning streak including two back-to-back road wins to clinch the Sunbelt Championship, a three-point win against South Alabama, and a five-point win against Troy, a team who they had lost to earlier in the year. So I just want to get your thoughts on reactions. I know it's Coach's second second year, but first full season with the team, and it's already went back-to-back Sunbelt Championships. is very impressive. So I want to go ahead and get you guys' reactions and thoughts on the team as a whole, their season, and how they play. You know, this season, we can't be nothing but impressed. You know, he's came in here and changed this program and, I mean, really helped us get to that appearance two years in a row. I mean, to to be Sunbelt champs two years in a row is quite impressive. But uh, this year they want to win it all. They want to win the tournament. There's a lot left to go for them. Um, you know, I want to see that for this ball club. There's a lot of good seniors on this team that aren't going to be there next year. And I really think this is their opportunity to get it done. But also, everyone's looking to beat them. They're the team to beat, you know. They're on a nine-game win streak. All the other teams in the Sun Belt are watching their film, studying how to beat them. So it's going to be hard for them in this tournament. Other teams are going to be prepared to come out fast. So, um, you know, you got that first you got that first round by. You don't have to go into it. You don't even have to worry about it because you're the first seed. So take time in practice and being able to uh, change your game if, if need be. But, yeah, I'm excited for this team. Oh, yeah, I agree with Justin. We, we're definitely looking forward when it comes to uh, our current team and the coach that we have. Um, we're looking to win a tournament. Um, with things like that, I feel like they've been down this road before. So they're going to know the strengths and weaknesses of each team they play in the tournament. And since I said we're looking forward, I'm talking about NCAA March Madness. <laughs> um, if, we, if and when we make it there, we'll be like the hopeful Cinderella, knocking the teams, you know, knocking the big teams, big brand teams like Duke and, you know, all, all of those. So I'm thinking long term for our Bobcats. We got it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I've I was watching some of the games this past uh, or I was listening to some of the games this past week uh, against Troy. And first of all, I was a happy man. I was literally jumping up and down my seat when when they beat Troy. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, But just to be uh, just for them to be back in the conversation where they can get into the March Madness tournament. I mean, that speaks that speaks volume. It it really does. And now they got to play uh, in the Sunbelt uh, Conference tournament, and you know, hope they can pull it off, and hope we can make it to the dance. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I wanted to touch on um, 
is just like we we said it all the time, but just the fact that how they bought into what the coaches brought in, because even though there's great coaches all around, all across the board, it's really it's still very difficult to win a, a conference championship. It's if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? But the fact that he's got two in a year and a half, essentially, um, that just goes to show you like like when the players believe in themselves that that all comes from coaching. Cause you can have a coach that he might know what he's doing. He might know what he's talking about, but if your players don't play for you, it's not going to translate to the court. Um, and another thing that you can just kind of tell, like they're really bought in is the fact that there's never just one person taking the, taking the lead. And I kind of wanted y'all to touch on that too, if y'all can, um, the fact that it's never every every any given night it can be somebody else uh, leading the team and all right hey you're struggling don't worry I got you I'm gonna step up so if y'all could touch on that and just kind of how y'all how y'all see that being a benefit to them going into this tournament yeah being able to it's like kind of like plug and play it doesn't really matter who's on the court at the time you know they run that same offense and that gives it anybody the opportunity to shine on a given night i mean we've seen nigel caesar he's been he can score for you on random nights he'll just go off you know mason mason harold i've seen him drop 19 he can do that you know many people just see him as a facilitator he's also a scorer you know this this program is great in that and also our bench points are so deep and it's the same thing for the women's team i don't know why but our bench points are so deep that means everyone is bought into our program they're not giving up. It's really not a starter's game. It's really anybody's ball game. And, uh, you know, getting those opportunities for somebody deeper on the bench is just great for us because those are going to be the people that are stepping up in the starting position next year. So, um, you know, I think it'll be valuable in the tourney that we have guys that can score that aren't starters because really, you know, other teams aren't going to be prepared for those players to pop off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the fact that we have different leaders on, on you know, depending on, um, on different games, just it's just proof that you know we're a good team, we're a solid team. Um, where someone falls short, the other one picks up. <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the ideal of what you want, like in a team and in general, no matter what sport it is, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, you name it. You know, someone's got to pick up the slack if someone is fault is falling, and I think that's going to be. I don't think it's going to be like that in the tournament, but I think it's going to be more like, you know, consistency with, you know, the passing, you know, taking more better, sh- like better shots. It's going to be those type of things that that Texas State will probably need to rely on to like get far in the conference tournament so that way they can get to the March Madness, to the dance. Yeah, um, Texas State, they, their men, they play, I believe, March second march 5th i'm sorry march March 5th 5th. yeah march 5th they will play the winner of louisiana and ut arlington so you know we're wishing them luck you know they got that first round by if they win they will play the winner of troy and that game uh assuming between the winner of south alabama and little rock so everything's lining up to for them to you know be consistent you know troy is somebody that they have struggled with before so we'll see what happens you know but one game at a time. So we're going to switch over from the men to the women. The women are also were impressive to end their season. They 
They had a five-game win streak and won six of their last eight. Unfortunately, their last their last game was a loss against a Little Rock. Um, but they are in the tournament. They, I believe, their first game is going to be against South oh, Alabama. Yeah, South Alabama. They will be playing Wednesday, March second. So they will be they will be the home team for that. They are the sixth seed, but. Uh, if y'all want to talk about their season, I know kind of earlier on, um, Justin, Kobe, we were here for that. We kind of talked about how, you know, kind of early on, like there was a little inconsistent. They would go on good runs and then they kind of, you know, go on bad runs. But they, I feel like they finally came together towards the end of the season, again, winning six out of the last eight. So how do you feel like that that little momentum kind of to end their season, how they kind of got on a run is going to help them come to the end of time? I mean, I think – we really saw this program change after those cancellation games. You know, they got a lot more time in practice and they've come out and they've really put on a show for us and they can get hot in times and go on streaks. And, you know, we talked about how at times it seems like maybe it'd be a bad streak, but right now they have no room for that. You know, we're going off to the tournament. It's a one and done thing. You know, we lose, we, we, we don't get to go on any further. Uh, we, you know, I talked, I got to watch that game, their last game of the regular season against the Trojans and that Trojan, I mean, the, the Little Rock Trojans and that, um, that defense is the number one in the league and it shows. And, and uh, they really, they beat us at home. They got a surprise, but coach, um, coach Antoine, we, I asked her what her thoughts are on that next game was. And she, she said that what are the odds she's playing the team she hasn't ever played against yet thing is they got canceled this year due to COVID and last year they never got a chance to see each other. So they has, they, she has never, never coached this team against that team before. So um, it's very interesting to see what South Alabama has for Texas state and see what they can do on Wednesday. But um, this, this group is great. Kennedy Taylor, one of the best guards in the league, in the, in the whole entire conference. If someone needs to win Sunbelt player of the year, it's her. She's averaging the most minutes, but compared to anyone else, most assists, Texas state is first in assists because of her. Um, just what an impact she's made on this game. And Denasia hood as well can score, but we saw last, uh, last Saturday, she went cold. She only had, I think six points. And that was a big reason why they couldn't get the win. So, but yeah, I love this team and I'm looking forward to what they can do. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're muted, Francesca. Okay, uh, so I, I wanted to go go based off what Justin about Kennedy. What an amazing, versatile player. I mean, she she's good on defense. You know, she's not scared to get in the paint. She can make a move in her passes. She can pass to, to one of the girls down low. So um, if anyone does deserve it, I'm with you on that one, Justin. She deserves to be some of the MVP. They're going against South Alabama March 2nd. Um, I know last time I, I told... Um, I talked to Kennedy um, in an interview. It was, I believe, last Friday, um, right after practice. They were saying that they were touching them, they're emphasizing defense. So if, if there's anything to expect, it's aggressive defense. She said more on the ball pressure, more jumping to the ball, um, taking care of Barack. That's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I said earlier on in, in the earlier podcast that, you know, they were going to have some, they were struggling like tremendously bad and, you know, they just weren't clicking like offensively. I'm going to scratch that. <laughs> um, you know, I believe in like how you start is how you finish or it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And 
even though they didn't finish the way they could have uh, going uh, going 15 and 12, you know, it's it's a start, but it's a step back at the same time. So as they go into the tournament, they get the tournament, their conference tournament, they got to look at, you know, like, you know, see regular season is over. Now it's time for us to have a shot to get into the women's uh, NCAA tournament. You know, regular season's over. Now it's it's basically playoff time. It's basically playoff time if you really look at uh, the matchups and if you look at, you know, everything that has been going on for them this past season. So, uh, I mean, like I said, I'm pulling for them. You know, it's their first game. It's not a bye week, so they're not number one. So they got to play uh, Wednesday against South Alabama. So uh, see what happens. And I know y'all touched on the fact that they haven't played and, you know, you never want to, uh, you never want to sleep on a team, but you also don't want to get caught. You want to go handle business. South Alabama, unfortunately, the 11 seed, they're two and 10 in the conference. They're eight and 17 overall. So I'm very confident that uh, these women can go out here and get the dub. And then assuming they win that they would play Louisiana March 4th, Friday, which is a team that they split one and one. Their win was in overtime and their loss was only by six. So that's going to be a real good matchup to see going in. So, you know, we're rooting for them. Uh, again, Wednesday, March 2nd would be when they played Alabama. If they win, they would play Friday, March 4th. So we're rooting for the women. We're rooting for the men. Hopefully we can get the clean sweep across both to Sunbelt Conference Championships and automatic bid to the big dance. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's goal is to play in late March. That's why they call it March Madness. So we're rooting for them. You know, y'all go out and support the, uh, I believe both games will be on ESPN Plus. So if you guys are subscribed to that, by all means, you can watch them there. Um, so we're rooting for y'all. Hopefully y'all come out with some dubs. So now we're going to transition into a season that is barely starting. That's kind of getting underway. We're going to talk about Texas State men's baseball and softball. Uh, first, starting with baseball. The team is 7-1 with their only loss, I believe, coming to Utah Valley, 3-5. to yes. five. They're 7-1. They've pretty much beat everybody relatively easy. They have a game against Wichita State, which they won 9-2. Ohio State, they beat them 9-1 and 8-5. 6-4 got a little close, but nevertheless, they're still playing really well early on to the season. How do y'all feel they're how do you feel the guys are starting out, basically? To me, this team is starting off like the ideal season that you want. And when I saw I was when I was doing the games this past uh this past week, um it was more it was more focus than than I've that I've seen them you know and I know it's kind of kind of a little biased here but I mean everything's clicking for this team pitching is is really good this season Zeke Wood already is like being outstanding he already has 22 early strikeouts in his uh in the season Cameron Gibbons is leading in batting average so far this season uh and he's also in Dan uh Dalton Sheffield right behind him and Wesley Faison uh tying uh with the team in leading in home runs this season, this is a great, this is a great ballpark. And when I talked talk to coach Trout, it's the ideal coaching statement that you want. You know, he said he's always, always focused uh, with his players, focusing on, you know, the little things, you know, whether if it's changing their, your arm angle on the pitch or where if it's lowering your elbow when you're at bat, it's the little things that he focuses on. And he says that when, you know, when the clock strikes midnight, the game's already over with, you know, you got to move on. 
to, you know, guys being, you know, in school and then obviously focusing on uh, the next game. So it's a great start, you know, uh, seven and one at home. They got uh, UTR. Uh, they got Rio Grande Valley this coming Tuesday. And then uh, Friday, they start off a three game series against the Arizona Wildcats, who is also seven and one in their conference as well. So this is going to be a really this going to be where this is going to be where the money is and stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how they play, man, because I'm I'm excited to to check it out. Yeah, the Bobcat baseball field is where to be, man. It, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, the season's been great so far. Um, the series sweep over Ohio State, how impressive, you know what I mean? Like, it's really good that we're starting off with this momentum. Um, it's quite exciting. I really wanted to get to watch more baseball. I haven't got a chance to see much of it yet. I know Kobe's had the pleasure of doing that. I think he's going to see more this week. But, um, yeah, baseball, just our baseball team is really solid right now. And, uh, you know, even our softball team, you know, they're – they're doing good as well, but we, I think they're, what is their record right now? Do you know the softball team record? It's six and four. Right six now. and four. Six and four. So maybe not the hottest start they like, but I think they can definitely improve. Um, but yeah, both baseball and softball really exciting to watch. Yeah, I must say you guys are making me feel bad. I didn't catch a game yet. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds like going based off what you said, Kobe, it looked like they have a great coach who's teaching them the mechanics and, and touching up on, you know, the things that actually wins the game. So um looking forward to you know a great season with, with Texas State baseball yeah and Kobe you touched on that they do play Rio Grande Valley then they play a three-game series against the Pac-12 Arizona Wildcats then they have a two-game series against the Big 12 UT Longhorns so that's going to be a nice stretch of five games uh Justin you spoke on a two softball team they are six and four but two of those losses to nationally ranked teams they lost to Oregon who at time is number 12 in the country and they lost to Oklahoma who is the number one team in the country. So there's, yeah. there's never any shame in losing to number one. I mean, that's what I say. If you're going to lose, at least lose to the number one. Number one team. Right? It might as well, right? So I, I think those two games that they played, I think that's going to really help them going forward. But they have some good wins against Houston, uh, McNeese State. They swept New Mexico State. So um, if y'all want to go ahead and touch on that too, just kind of even though, like I said, a six and four, you're still above 500, you know, 60% winning. But again, two of those teams nationally ranked, you know, that can only do you wonders when you get into the conference play and later on in the season. Yeah, we have some amazing components on this team. Coach is great. Uh, Sarah Vandeford, she's really doing great. Um, Sierra Trahan, our freshman pickup, she's been really good. She's really good at hitting the ball, getting it outfield. Um, getting some runs for these girls. I mean, I like them. They're really, they have a lot of youth on them as well. Like this is a good group, very, very good young group, very impressionable. Um, they're going to be around here for a while. So I'm excited to see what our, our softball program can develop and um, being able to de deliver like that on uh, when going away, like they won uh, against pretty sure it was, uh, I think it was Oregon state away. I'm not sure, uh, but they, but um, what do you call it? There's, like the tournament against U of H, like that was impressive as well. Being able to beat McNeese State, beat U of H on, going away at a tournament, like that's really awesome. So I think this team has a lot of potential and I'm excited to see more games um, here at home. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, this softball team is is absolutely being fantastic this season. Uh, Danny Elder uh, leading, leading the team in, t in home runs this season. Uh, they're getting off to a great start. And, you know, I hope, they keep the low. I know uh, the record is not, you know, ideal, but you know, it's a winning record still. 
And I feel like they can keep keep the momentum going uh, coming into these next few tournaments. Uh, their next game, I believe, is actually against Tech, uh, number 23-ranked Texas today at, uh, at 4 o'clock uh, in Longhorn country. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where this goes. This is a tough, this is a tough game for them. And if they could pull this off and, you know, I think that would be a really big confidence boost for them. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So like, um, I know you had mentioned Sarah Vandiver, uh, Kylie George, she's the one leading the team in batting average right now. Um, Sarah Vanford and Piper Randall both tie with hits. So you can see like different contributions coming all across the board from all players. And um, I really like what they're doing. Like you said, they're playing the number 23 ranked team. So that's a first rank, the 12 ranked of the 23 out of the whole nation. You know, that can only do good for the early offseason. And if they can come out with a win against, you know, team 20 minutes up the road, um, nationally ranked, that can only do so much for their confidence. Alrighty, well, that is Texas State softball and baseball. If y'all could check them out again, if you have ESPN Plus, that is where most of the games are televised when they are not at home. Um, so if y'all could go support them, you know, I think I think some big things are happening with Texas State athletics. So by all means, if y'all go support, watch, you know, if y'all can come to a home game. It's I'm telling y'all right now, it's none better than being there actually live being involved, you know, especially when the students come out and, you know, they have different events going on at the, at the ballpark. So y'all, y'all come out and support them. So as uh, wrapping up Texas state baseball and softball, we're going to switch gears for a little while towards the NBA. Uh, one of the biggest headlines coming out is Harden and Embiid two games in both of them are playing phenomenal. Uh, Embiid is still dropping 30. Harden is doing what we expected him to do, 25, uh, 10 assists, rebounds, all that. So I guys wanted to get you you guys' reactions. You know, hey, are the 76ers the team to beat that? I know it's two games. I know it's a small sample, but even Tyrese Maxey, you know, he's he's still hooping. And he's the one I thought might, might take an effect from it, but he's still hooping. So... Y'all talk to me about Embiid and Harden. Do y'all think that the Sixers are the team to beat? Do you not believe in them? I believe in them. They they complement each other so well. They're both on the same page. Road the championship. Um, yes, um, I mean, when, when it comes to Harden and, and Embiid on the same team, you know, uh, playing against them, it's like, who do you guard? Do you do hard? Do you, you know, apply more pressure to Harden? Do you apply more pressure to Embiid? Double trouble, dynamic duo. You, you don't get any better than that. <laughs> well, unless you're like Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> Other than that, uh, <laughs> but right now, they're, they're the NBA dynamic duo. I couldn't find a better pair for, for uh, both of them. You know, I, I completely agree, Francesca. I mean, the first game he had with them against the Timberwolves, James Harden dropped, what was this? Um, he had... Sorry, it's loading. Um, he had 27 points, eight rebounds, 12 assists. And we had James Harden with 34 points and 10 rebounds. And Tyrus Maxey with 28 points. See, everyone thought, oh, James Harden, he always dominates the ball. They thought that someone's going to, you know, he's going to come into this program and somebody's going to have to let go of the ball and give up some points. But no, what we've seen is the opposite. We've seen an offensive inflation among all the scores. We're getting people in double digits that have not even averaged this high of numbers. We have Tyrese Maxey going insane. 
I mean, the guy has been able to score on so many opportunities and how much that is from James Harden's, um, you know, floor leadership. Obviously, James Harden last night, I mean, yesterday against the, the New York Knicks had a triple-double um, with 29 points. That doesn't happen every day. I think the um, James Harden and Joel Embiid is quite impressive, and it's what I want to see. I, I'm excited for it. I think this is all we need in the league right now, just a good old, you know, duo tandem to really get behind. I think um, James Harden, for example, this is how this is how it should be played. This is how Daryl Morey loves it. This is how um, Coach Doc Rivers does it. This is how it works. James Harden in the first half, he's just facilitator, okay? Until Joel Embiid gets bit, you know, tired. Joel Embiid eventually gets fatigued and tired. That's when James Harden steps up, does his ISO ball, does his step backs. You give it to Tyrese Maxey. The guy's running like 98 miles per hour on the floor. He's it's insane. I don't know if you ever watched him. He looks like Tyreek Hill on the freaking basketball court. Um, so you know, just it, what an amazing team. I love them. They're they're the team to beat, and I'm excited to see them continue. Yeah, I I I, I agree with more along a line of Justin's statement. However, I don't compare. I wouldn't compare Joel and B and James Harden to Kobe and Shaq. All right. I'm just, I'm just, look, I just don't, I, I don't understand how you can compare. I can, I can see the similarities, but if you look at just dominance, I know because it's still early, you know, there's, I know they're still trying to get used to them playing together still, but I just, I just don't see them as Kobe and Shaq just yet, just yet. If they win a few more games and could win a title, then we can put them in that conversation. But right now I don't put them in that, in that dynamic duo just yet. I feel like okay. it's just because that's the only guard big tandem that really is famous. Like, can you name a better guard big tandem? I, I really can't think. Well, of not that. right now. No, well, I mean you. Yeah. You can think. You can think of some. It's just in like the nineties. Maybe I was, I was like, you got Stockton and Malone. You got you got yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. You got a couple. It's just you know even D Wade and Shaq. You know that that one finals run. So yeah. there's a couple, but as far as like James Harden, not too long ago was a top five player in the league. And Embiid is a top five player in the league. So now yeah. I did not say Kobe. I did not say that they were the Kobe and Shaq. I'm saying there's no other, there's not a better okay. duo other than Shaq and Kobe. Okay. I just I just want to clarify that because I didn't know if you said that or I was just tripping or I was just tripping, but I feel like you were coming for me, so I have to I have to play. So, yeah, no, Kobe and Shag, the epitome of the NBA dynamic duo. But who like I'm just saying, like they they basically have each other's backs, you know, they're oh, they're both on the same page. Um, they definitely can win a championship because of you know their abilities and skills on the court. And that's exactly where I was going next. Do y'all feel that the Philadelphia 76ers are the team to beat in, at the least in the Eastern Conference? But even the NBA, do you feel that they are the favorites to come out the East, favorites to win the NBA championship? Uh, maybe the maybe it's someone's favorite in the East. Um, I think you you still have to beat the reigning champs. The Bucks are just going to be a problem. I'm sorry. And if any other team can take on the 76ers, it is going to be the Bucks. They're, they would be able to destroy them in a series. I think Joel Embiid will never be able to win against Giannis. Giannis has proven time and time again. I think the media and everybody loves the Suns and the Warriors right now. I'm just going to say it straight up. Um, look at Isaiah with the the those eyes, man. You said never? Uh-huh. Never what? You said you don't think Joel and B will never beat Giannis? Oh, no, not never, never. I not never. They'll Joel and B has the opportunity. 
I think that's going to be a good series. It's going to go to seven okay. games. I don't know who's going to win, but um, I want, okay. I'm going to be straight up with you. I am so happy for James Harden and Joel Embiid. Like, and I like the Philly, Philadelphia 76ers and I'm sick and tired of seeing them getting their heart broke every single year going into the playoffs. So believe me, I want them to win. I've told my friends they're my favorite, um, but the bucks are going to be scary. And that's what people you know can't forget about in the Chicago bulls with DeMar DeRozan. That guy's literally breaking records like world will Chamberlain records. Like, are you kidding? So, um, but yeah, they, they have an opportunity to be uh, favorites in the East, I would say. It's so tight in the East right now. I can't call it. I really can't. It's, it is. I can't call it right now. But I have to put them in, like, the top three of my favorites coming out of the East. I have Chicago, and I have Miami. I have Miami for now. For now. But Philly, I think, if they keep their run and their pace like this, I don't know. I think maybe they can give the world champs uh, the reigning champions a run for their money. I can maybe see them Easter Conference Finals, seven games, come down to maybe one final shot to win it. That's my get. That's my take. You know. So, like I said, it's so close. I really can't call it right now, but I do have them going maybe at least to the Western Com- uh, Eastern Conference Finals to uh, to possibly get into back into NBA championship run. But it's it's way too close to call. I can't call it. It is a little too early, but I like what I'm seeing with them. I, I, I like the chemistry on the court. I mean, they only play two games, right, together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's way, way too early, if I'm being honest. But I do like what I'm seeing, and, and if this does continue, I am – if I have to get a percentage, I, I'll say about 70, 70% on a championship. I'm pretty well, likely. I will say that – to all the Philly fans out there, don't be too confident. Cause look, I was, I've been a Houston Rockets fan my whole entire life. And when James Harden goes to the playoffs, I don't know what happens to him. It's like, he learns, forgot how to play a basket, play basketball. I've seen this guy shoot terrible, like two for 22 in the, you know, game Oof. seven. But that's what, they gotta, that's what they got to be for. Now. Exactly. That's what they got to be, be for. Now. All right. Yeah. See, that's what, that's what I'm excited to see. Right. Um, but no, I just love Joel Embiid as a person. Like he's a great guy. Like he is a really, really hard worker. So to put jo- you know James Harden around him, I think that's better for James Harden too. So and they seem to be clicking. I see Joel Embiid doing step back three pointers. It's just been, it's crazy. <laughs> We're not gonna give Cleveland any love. Oh, Cleveland. We're not gonna give them no love. Like I said, they're cool, cool, but you, no love, no I love. Don't get me wrong. I love Cleveland. Like I said. It's too close to call. That's why I, I was trying, really expressing that because, like, you know, you think about Cleveland, you think about Milwaukee possibly repeating, you know, and then the Sixers and then Chicago and then Miami. Like, you, it's so tight right now. You really – you just can't call it right now in the East. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So, before we get out of here, last question of the day. What – and I want to hear everybody. You can tell me why. You can just say, like, I just believe in them, whatever the case, even if it's wild. I want to know what team do you feel is either out of playoff contention or maybe borderline play-in? What team do y'all feel has a legit shot and most likely will sneak their way into the NBA playoffs? Charlotte Hornets, 100%. 
They they had a chance last year at the play-in. I mean, come on. Miles Bridges having career numbers he's never had. Man dropped 29 points last night against the Detroit Pistons. I mean, the guy's amazing. Um, LaMelo Ball has been able to facilitate. He's a really good facilitator. This team has everything you need. You got the driving with Terry Rozier. You got the dunking with Miles Bridges. You got the facilitating with LaMelo. Um, just there's so many opportunities. They got Montrez Harrell now on the team. So he's been able to put some, you know, emphasis in the paint. So I think the, the Hornets have an opportunity have an opportunity they just need to start winning some games um if they would have won last night they would have got above 500 but right now they're they're below um it's really not that good um but yeah the hornets for me 100 gonna slip in i'm gonna stay loyal and i'm going to say my san antonio spurs Dejounte murray is having probably one of his best seasons that he's had in San Antonio right now. And they're not far behind. They're only, I think, like, what, one game behind, uh, like, 10, right? Yeah. Not that much. Yeah, technically, yeah. Yeah, so you got, you know, the Pel- uh, Pelicans and then the Trailblazers and then San Antonio. So if they start winning games and start, you know, clicking on all cylinders again, hey, man, I can, I can, I wouldn't mind seeing them back in the playoffs one more time. I, I wouldn't find it. I wouldn't. I'm going to say the Grizzlies. Oh, uh, so you you think they're just gonna win the whole thing, like regardless? Like you don't if have like a. If if I had to choose, yeah. Okay, so so okay. you have them winning the finals, but who do you have like like one of those like lower bottom teams that probably aren't gonna make the playoffs? Who would you say like might sneak in, not win the championship, but like just make it into the playoffs and like bounce somebody uh, out? Um, what about? Oh, um, the Nets. That's a good pick. That's the a Nets. good pick because yeah. they, they are in the they play-in tanked. right now. They tank. They went, woo. <laughs> like, they are in the play-in right now, and nobody's talking about them. And, and Kyrie might be able to play home games now. I don't know if y'all heard, but yeah. uh, New yeah. York about to lift that, you know, the next week or so, they're about to lift that mask mandate. And, like, they're they going to uh, adapt their whole rules, so... Nobody's talking about them right now, but I don't know. Can we do a, like, can I do a quick little mention on this Lakers team and how, uh, for example, right now, bro, I don't know if y'all watching NBA last night. The oh, that Richard, was Jefferson, Richard Jefferson cooking uh, the Lakers the whole time. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. He was, They were talking about they had fans behind them and they're doing the broadcast. They were from Hawaii and they flow all the way to to come here and he's like i feel like i should pay for the tickets like it was just that bad um that was the most turnovers lebron has ever had in a game uh, in, on, on a team uh, in his entire career um just in you know anthony davis gone now for four to five weeks man eats uh cheerios i guess every day for dinner he doesn't have any protein in his body guy injures himself like he's made out of porcelain don't know what his thing is you know just just eat your broccoli um but you know just Really sad. This Lakers team is a bust, and uh, for LeBron haters, it's a it's a field day. So, but uh, yeah, you know the Lakers are not really doing it. Yeah, because what I was gonna say was, if I had to put my money on it, I don't think the Lakers are beating the Pelicans for for a game. Like, I don't think they're beating the Blazers. I don't think they're beating the Clippers. And I'm not about to get into my Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> but I think I don't even know. If that's the thing. I don't even know if they beat the Wolves, man. Like I don't. So for me, CJ McCollum going to the Pelicans was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. 
He's hooping. Bandon Ingram is hooping. And they don't need Zion. No. They they can trade him right now and get, like, a quality four, a pick, and, like, somebody to help solidify that bench, a scorer off the bench. Man, so I got Pelicans, and it might be too much of a stretch, but if this trade would have happened sooner, the Pacers would be in the playoffs right now because Halliburton and Buddy Hield are hooping right now. And when Miles Turner comes back, is I, I like I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, we might see what we saw last year. We had a Hornets Pacers play in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this has been another episode of Cloths of the Wall. I have been your host, Axia Garner. I was joined by Justin, Kobe, and Francesca. Y'all, if y'all are watching on YouTube, please leave a like, leave a comment. If you guys are watching on you, uh, listening on Spotify or Apple, leave a review, leave a leave a rating, leave a comment. We want to know what y'all feel. You know, if y'all agree, disagree, we want to hear everybody's reactions and comments as well. So y'all do that for us. Subscribe, turn on the notifications so you always know when we're posting. You always know when you get some new content. So y'all be easy. Y'all have yourself a wonderful day. Peace.